This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. Betting the Ponies right here on the Bet Rivers Network. Monzo Malusis taking you another week closer to the Kentucky Derby. We have prep races to get into on both the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks Moose. And it's still cold. It's still gloomy. It's late February. But let's be honest, that first weekend in May feels like it's right around the corner. Yeah, it does, uh, which is which is great. It means like, you know, great racing and all that stuff. But this is an exciting time, too, uh, because – you know, this is the buildup, the anticipation. Um, you know, we've had some really good prep seasons, you and I, um, when we've had conversations before these big races about who we think is going to win the race. Ultimately, am, am I on an over streak when it comes to the first Saturday in May? Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't know when I'll find the next Derby winner, but I do enjoy the buildup to the Kentucky Derby. It's fun. Um, and we're going to get the Rebel out at Oakland Park this weekend. And listen, I don't particularly love touting picks and winners, but let's be honest, we did a really good job last week. Yeah. Four or five. Yeah. I mean, we had we picked five races, we had four winners. I mean, I don't I mean, what what do you expect to we we when you especially in the world of thoroughbred racing, if you're hitting at eighty percent, which we did last weekend, if you listen to this podcast and uh you bet accordingly, uh you had yourself a good Saturday and a profitable weekend. So that's what we're looking to try and do. We're looking to kind of you know, sometimes think a little bit, even though I hate this cliche outside the box, right? Thinking about that. But, you know, we're not necessarily going to, we're going to tell you, well, you know, we're both going to tell you when we think the favorite's going to be difficult to beat. Uh, we don't want anybody just like betting just for the sake of betting and throwing a dart up against the wall. But we see value when we see a horse that has an opportunity, um, whether it be bad trips or whether it be uh, the, uh, the the turf or the dirt conditions uh, that we think has, has some value coming into a good race. We're going to tell you as well. That's the whole point. So we had ourselves a good Saturday down at the fairgrounds uh, this, uh, on the last podcast. Do you have a race or a weekend that makes it feel like spring to you? Like to me, even all these prep races are great and they're fun. The one race and the one weekend that makes me really feel like springs in the air is the Tampa Bay Derby. They're down in Tampa. It's warm. You can feel the warmth almost. It's nice typically. I mean, if you get a rainy day, that sucks. But that to me feels like not only is the Derby around the corner, but spring and the warm weather in the Northeast is around the corner. Yeah, that's fair. I would say the weekend where you have the Wood Memorial in Florida Derby. Um, you know, when when you know when we get to – that's fair about the Tampa Bay Derby. I don't, I don't love that race as much as some people do, um, even though I had a big winner a number of years ago and then – I mean, I just burned all those winnings away by continually betting on them, which was Tacitus, who won that race, I believe, at like nine to one. Uh, and couldn't I was I was basically sitting in the chair that I'm sitting in right now, watching it on TV, 
uh, and was fired up that it was Bill Mott and a big gray horse. It was fantastic. And Judmont Farm. And then I continued to really bet that horse time and time again, whether it be the Travers, whether it be the Belmont. I mean, but <laughs> I digress. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I haven't, other than Tassis, I haven't had a lot of success with the Tampa Bay Derby, but I like when we roll around. My first thing is spring is, you know, I used to go to the Wood Memorial out at Aqueduct with my dad and my uncle Pete, um, you know, watching the Florida Derby, um, watching the, uh, the, the Santa Anita Derby. Like that, when we get around to that time, I feel like spring is really in the air. Uh, a couple personal notes there. My, my favorite Tampa Derby. Tampa Bay Derby it was 2016 with Destin. Oh yes, and if you remember Destin going ten to one in the Belmont Stakes, and you and Creator getting by in the last drives, just a devastating loss, but a big win for you. I dude, it was great. I I remember sitting there. I was covering that race for S and Y that Belmont Stakes, um, and I remember being in the uh, the crossover walkway, the the walkway at Belmont Park. I know they're under massive construction where. You cross over from the the area where they, um, you know, get saddled the saddling area uh, onto the track, and um, watched, you know, watch it right at the finish line, and you know had so much money on for me anyway. I'm not talking about thousands upon thousands of dollars. When I think about so much money for me, I had like ten bucks on them. But Creator uh, was uh, when he got home. And then I texted Monzo, creator. I didn't hear from Monzo for a couple hours because I'm sure he needed to take a walk, have a, have some sake, whatever it might be. And Monzo needed to blow off a little bit of steam after that race because creator got up in what was an amazing ride by Arad Ortiz, I believe. Uh, creator had an, uh, a tremendous win. Uh, and that was also the day. That was a good day all around because that was the day Frosted ran really well. Oh, my God. Frost was a monster that day in the Met Mile. I was on the backstretch with my dad um, that day, and I could not believe that Frosted was going off at the day. And he won that race by about, like, 20 lengths. Like, that race was over, and I was cheering, ripped my head. Like, you and I talked about, like, I adored Frosted in the Met Mile. And he ran like basically his feet were on fire. He ran an unbelievable Met Mile. And then he went on and had a great summer at Saratoga. And we were all, at least I was sitting there thinking he's going to win the the Breeders' Cup Classic. And of course, uh, the Baffert horse, whose name is just the big Baffert horse that ran the, the record in the Travers one that year. Um, who am I not thinking of? Oh, you're thinking about uh, Arrogate. Arrogate, yeah, the big monster. Yeah, Arrogate. We bet West Coast, or I did that day. And West Coast ran up the track. <laughs> so a lot of good races to get into. We're going to look at Oaklawn. There's two prep races for the Oaks and the uh, Derby. Next week, though, I want to get into this huge podcast for us next week. The Fountain of Youth, the yeah. Bataglia at Turfway, the San Felipe at Santa Anita, and the Gotham. So four big Kentucky Derby prep races to get into next weekend. This weekend, we will focus on Oaklawn, a nice three- graded stakes races in a row prep races like i said for the derby and the oaks and we are going to start in race nine which is the honeybee a grade three event for phillies three years and upward and this is four points in the kentucky oaks moose and you know we talked about west omaha last week who scratched out of fairgrounds obviously for this race um seven to five on the morning line looks very tough to beat i'm gonna look elsewhere but I'm going to admit that I think West Omaha is the horse to beat. So anybody else I play is going to be 
boxed or or whatever keyed with West Omaha, the horse that I'm going to take a chance with, and my angle is finding a horse who's getting better in a race like this, right? That's what I say in these two and three year old races. Who's improving, and if they run a little bit better, has a chance at a price, and that to me is the four Neon Beach out of Omaha Beach, which is funny enough that West Omaha is not out of Omaha Beach. Look at the last couple performances. Tactical speed can go to the lead, can rate, does a lot of good things. Ran well in the slop. Two races at Oakland. Tried the turf. Ran okay. Showed some versatility. You and I love Asmussen. I think Gaffleone's one of the best riders in the country. Gets a chance here with Neon Beach. Improving buyer speed figures. Listen, West o- this horse ran at 82 last out. West Omaha ran an 84 last out. Omaha- West Omaha's going to be very tough to beat. I think that Neon Beach can sit the trip or go to the lead. I don't really know what this horse's tactics are going to be. I think the horse is going to sit. And try and make a move late. I love Oaklawn for that reason. 8-1 to on the morning line. My exact box is going to be the four Neon Beach with West Omaha. Box those two. My top pick on a win bet will be the four Neon Beach. Yeah, I like it. I, the only concern would be for me is, you know, you saw the improvement in the buyer speed figure based on a sloppy track at Oaklawn Park. Other than that, you know, the races were a little bit too slow. I, you know, I'm going to go into it. And for everyone out there that's listening, West Omaha is going to be very difficult to beat at seven to five. I mean, it just is Brad Cox, Torres up aboard. The buyer speed figures do fit. Ran a very impressive race in the Silver Bullet Day, uh, you know, where he's three wide or um, where she was three wide uh, and then cleared and won the race by five lengths with Luis Saez aboard. Uh, going into it with the notion of, you know, she's going to be difficult. Um, with that, I'm trying to find a horse that's going to improve. Band of Gold, I thought improved, but I thought improved based on the nature of the track uh, at Oaklawn, which was a sloppy track, and ran all of a sudden at 24 to run or 24 to one ran an 86 buyer speed figure. Now you could say, well, maybe Ken McPeak, Ken McPeak, a three year old out of a preservationist, uh, is now all of a sudden improving. I'm not necessarily sure that's the case. I'm going to go with a horse that's got ascending buyer speed figures that um, has a tremendous jockey in Julian Le Peru breaking from the inside and Tom Am- with Tom Amos, the trainer. I'm going to go with Allie's Beach. Um, out of Omaha Beach, who I was a huge fan of, um, she's only had three lifetime races. Ran up at Saratoga, ran a 60 buyer speed figure, ran in the spin away, ran a 67, was 40 to one that day. And then in the Alcabiades, was 75 to one. Now you're going to say, well, she came off a maiden special weight, ran in grade one, grade one. Yeah, for sure. So obviously their connections feel very, very highly for a horse that they spent 120,000 with uh, at the Keeneland September sales in 2022. Um, Coming off the break, uh, the workouts have, have been great. I mean, they really have. The one at the fairgrounds on January 15th, best out of 13. The one that's eye popping is January 28th at the fairgrounds. Four furlongs and 47 and one, best out of 84 that day. And that was a bullet work. So the workouts have been there. First race of the year. She's run in grade one events in the spinaway and Alcabiades. The buyer speed figures are on the rise. I'm going to go on the idea that maybe, just maybe, uh, Allie's Beach is going to show tremendous growth um, now as a three-year-old from compared to where she was as a two-year-old. Uh, not that big of a drop off. This is out of, you know, outside of West Omaha. This isn't an unbelievable field. I don't have the fear that she's had a buyer speed figures get a bump because of the racetrack. So I landed on a 10 to one shot 
I went with Allie's Beach um, in the uh, in the Honeybee, the Grade Three event at a mile and a sixteenth. I don't think the mile and sixteenth would be an issue. I love the fact that Le Perot hops on a board. I think she's an improving three year old. Uh, like the way that she is trending, like the workouts, and I'm going to take a shot at 10 to 1. Moving on to the 10th race, the Razorback, grade 3 for older horses, 4-year-olds and upward, a mile and a 16th on the Oaklawn dirt. It's only dirt in Oaklawn. Uh, I have my best bet of the day in this race, and I think the race is going to set up for a horse coming off the pace. A um, lot of speed, if you look at Octane, and if you look at speed bias, a lot of speed in this race. I really like Magic Tap in this race, who I think is – not going to be come. I think it's very tricky for a horse to come from well behind in this track. So I like horses that kind of just sit two or three lengths behind, let the speed horses do their thing and make a big move. You know, I think Asmussen prepped this horse for this race last out, ran really well, put up a really solid buyer speed figures. If you look going back to Park September 22nd, September 23rd in the Philadelphia, in the Pennsylvania Derby, just besides Saudi Crown, who's becoming one of the best older horses in that division, um, Magic Tap to me, add a tap it. Uh, gets Gaffleone as well. I think we'll get a nice setup. I like the price at nine to two. You know, I think this is a pretty good race and I think this horse is getting better. I wouldn't be surprised if this horse has a nice say in the older division in 2024. Magic Tap, the eight horse, nine to two on the morning line, my top pick in the Razorback. Yeah, we're on, we're on the same one. I like Magic Tap as well. Um, you know, I, I second race off the layoff, like the return race at Oakland Park, January 13th. The workouts fit. It's Steve Asmussen. It's Tyler Gaffleon. Me picking back-to-back Gaffleon horses. But we've seen jockeys, especially really good ones, have big days um, on interesting days at respective tracks across the country. Um, I think, you know, speed-wise, obviously, massively consistent. 92, 96, 96, 94, 92, 93. I would expect the second race off of the uh, off of the little bit of a break uh, that you're going to get a bump up in that buyer speed figure. You know, I don't think there's anybody that trains. I, I think your assessment in terms of a horse coming from off the place, but off the pace. But this show, horse has also shown you tactability as well. Um, you know, having you know, uh, uh, you know, being able to win early on from the front. It's not going to be sitting all that far off. So you're not looking at a horse that needs a little bit of racing luck as well. Uh, based on his running lines of the past, he's not going to be one that's sitting 16, 17 lengths off of a a, a tightly cont- or a hotly contested pace. That's not going to be the case at all. Uh, going to sit in the second flight. Uh, Gaffleon, you can win on the outside at Oaklawn Park. I think Gaffleon can work out on the trip. Nine to two on the morning line, I think is pretty much uh, dead on. Uh, we were both on the same horse, the eight magic tap. The big one of the day, top of the stretch time. Kentucky Derby points on the line, 50 points for the winner, and that's the grade two Rebel. Mile is 16th on the dirt. Your morning line favorite is Timberlake. And, Moose, I know you've liked Timberlake oh, in the past. Man. Here's the argument I'm going to make against Timberlake. Let me hear. I can't wait. I can't well, wait not... to hear the argument against Timberlake. Well, first off, the long layoff. Didn't run particularly well in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. But the other thing is, doesn't really need to win this race for points-wise. You know, can finish in the money collect 15, 20 points or whatever it is, and still have a nice another prep race to guarantee themselves. So this might just be a way to get a race in, get some points, not be full throttle here, and remain in the derby mix, and maybe prep somewhere else. Maybe the, you know, the the, the Oklahoma, what is, what's the big race? The derby there, the Oklahoma Derby, um, you know, for Timberlake. So that's, uh, the Arkansas yeah, Derby. Arkansas Derby, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, true. Uh, uh, classic empire won that race it was great 
Um, so that's that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to think maybe they're just bringing this horse in. They're going to give him one here, let him run well, but not not push here. Um, so that's why I'm going to look elsewhere. And the horse I'm going to look at is the horse right below him, and that's the sixth thematic, who, you know, again, getting better. Speed figures a little light compared to some of the other horses. Out of Gunrunner, adds blinkers. I know it ran well in the slot, but I like the fact got a race in, in this track. Asmussen knows how to place his horses. You know, we'll be coming off the pace, but not crazy off the pace, not 17 lengths off the pace. And I, I think makes a lot of sense here. I like taking the shot here. I like the price at 8-1. to one. Timberlake's a super talented horse, and we know what he can do, and, and we've seen it, and you've made money off it. I just don't know how cranked he's going to be, and especially at that price. If Timberlake was like 4-1, to one, he'd be a no-brainer. But at nearly even money, I, I, I can't bet him in this race when we haven't seen him since November, and I don't know what the connections are thinking. I know what the connections in the Matic are thinking. They're thinking we have to win this race if we have any shot. So they're going to let this horse go. That's my angle. No, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I mean you know, the, the other one I would say is that, you know, his most impressive race came on a sloppy track, you know, and he's got a 405 wet rating. He's out of Into Mischief. And that was the most impressive race outside of the maiden special eight at Ellis, you know, at Ellis on July the 21st of last year, where he won the race by nine and a quarter lengths. Listen, they expect big things into mischief. We know how hot of a sire that he is. They spent $350,000 on Timberlake, and I've been a huge fan. I can't, I, you know, clearly everyone tells you when you listen to racing, well, most likeliest winner for sure. I mean, he's six to five on the morning line. Yes, he's the most likeliest winner, right? So keep it simple, stupid. Um, would I be surprised if he lost? I would. I I think he's just better than everybody else. Morning line obviously leads you to believe that as well. Um, if I was going to take a shot, I mean, you, you're going on the argument that they don't need the race. He's not going to be cranked. But let me ask you this. Do you think he's at, if he's at 80%, do you still think he's the most likeliest winner of this race? No, I don't think he's, I don't think at a hundred percent, he's that much better than everybody else. Um, I mean, just look at the running line. I mean, lost to fierceness, fierceness, fierceness ran up the track last out. So, I mean, you know, this three-year-old, maybe these two-year-olds that peaked aren't as good as the three-year-olds that are coming up. Maybe. Now, so. Yeah, I mean, the argument, okay, so, right, we don't know what, we know what it, what Timberlake was as a two-year-old. We don't know what he is like as a three-year-old. All right, so let's go on that argument, right? It's a, I mean, it's a, a betting the ponies podcast. We talk about different horses. I'm going to give you a horse that I think has got a shot at, at 10 to 1 or higher. And I'm going to go to the inside, and that's the one carbone uh, for Steve Asmussen, Castillo up on a board. This was the you know odds-on favorite in the Southwest on a muddy racetrack, ran up the track, clearly does not want wet. Um, if it ends up being wet Saturday at Oaklawn, uh, do, not, do not bet carbone. I wouldn't bet him for a quarter. Uh, but the point being is if we get a fast track and you have a horse that, you know, out of Matoli, We're not looking at a horse trying to run a mile and an eighth or a mile and a quarter, Um, you know, out of a street sense mare, treasure in heaven. uh, Maybe they found the perfect uh, combination of a horse that not only has good speed up front, but can be able to carry a little bit of a distance as well. Do I think Carbone's going to be 15 to one on Saturday? I don't because I I think people are going to look at and say, all right, I'm going to cross off the last race in the Southwest on a muddy racetrack, and then I'm going to look at it and say, all right, well, I kind of like what I see. I know the distance is a little bit shorter, six furlongs in a mile, but I do like what I see uh, from Carbone, and I think he's talented. And I do. I mean, I, I think Carbone is talented. I think he's got an opportunity. 
that's where I would lean if I was going to pick somebody outside of the obvious, which is Timberlake at, at six to five on the morning line. Um, sometimes you get a little things, quirky things happen, especially early on in the, in the Derby prep season. And maybe we get a little bit of a, maybe we get a little bit of a quirky thing. I'll go on the defeated favorite in the Southwest, um, a talented horse, good trainer, good jockey, distance won't be the issue. Going to be forwardly placed. I'm going to go on with the one carbone at 15 to one on the morning line. Four for five last week, three races this week. Let's go three for three, Moose. I'd love it. I mean, that's it. I mean, we we want to, you know, as the old adage or cliche goes, get hot, stay hot. Let's go three for three on Saturday. You know what? But I'll take I'll take two for three. What you know, honestly, if you give me, tell me, I go one for three, but I get Carbone home in the Rebel at like twelve to one or eleven to one. Like I'd take that. Like that would be fantastic. Like that would be a nice you know chip in the uh, uh, on the old decks. But yes, as a group, as you and I, let's try and go three for three this weekend. And keep us uh, get hot, stay hot, stay hot. Next week, I'm betting the ponies. An enormous podcast, Fountain of Youth. Yes, Spectacular Turfway, yes. San Felipe. Count them four. Count them four prep races. That's a let's see, seventy. It's 170 first place points on the line next weekend. We'll get into every race. Moose will give you all the winners. No, no, no. But we'll have great conversations. Like, this is the fun time. This is the, I mean, it's a great time of year. You and I love horse racing year round, but this is a great time of the year to talk about thoroughbred racing because uh, it matters. It has impact and there's great betting opportunities and great racing overall. Let's key it up. Let's take those winnings and you go to the Bet Rivers app, play the casino games, bet on the New York Rangers if you can. Keep on going, Moose. Best of luck this weekend. Enjoy. Everyone, thanks for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe. We appreciate all the support. Good luck this weekend with all your plays. Betting the Ponies, Bet Rivers Network. We'll see. Thanks for listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network.